This is Small Business as Usual, a program about the art of operating small enterprises and the issues faced by the owners. It's a presentation of the Community Economic Development Fund in Meriden, Connecticut. I'm Frederick Welk, a business advisor for CEDF clients. The Community Economic Development Fund is a nonprofit lender providing financing to qualified small businesses in Connecticut that can't obtain traditional bank financing. More about CEDF at the end of the program. This episode is about business saving your life. If you spend enough time in the business world, it's inevitable that you'll be exposed to stories of how the pressures of running a small enterprise become the focus of somebody's life coming apart. Financial catastrophes, broken relationships, Fear of collapse or anguish over failure, it's not unheard of that business circumstances are listed as the cause of people committing desperate acts or losing everything. Maybe it's an open question whether operating business is just so hard that in of itself it's the cause of misfortune, or is a business just a natural point where the fates choose to pull on the thread connected to life's other tragedies? So at least once in a while, it's a pleasure to hear a story with a more inspiring outcome. And for this, I have to thank Denise Whitford, an advisor at the Connecticut Small Business Development Center, for introducing me to her exceptional client. So my name is Jennifer Okuna, and the name of my business is Loafing Around LLC. I'm currently operating in Hartford, Connecticut, as an artisan baker. So artisan baking in my world means that I am producing a product that I am proud of, that has very unique ingredients, has the best ingredients, in my opinion, in terms of nutritional value. It's helping small farmers to stay viable in this really big commodity, wheat commodities market. So it's a craft. Artisan baking is a craft. It's not just, you know, I set up a wholesale place and just pump out white bread. Artisan baking for me anyway, and for the communities that I belong to worldwide, is working with different types of wheat, different types of rye, corn, things that you don't normally associate with bread because bread has become so stripped of its, well, for one thing, of its color. By taking out the germ, it becomes more shelf-stable and it becomes easier to work with. Artisan baking is, like I said, it's a craft. You really have to know your dough. You have to know about temperature and hydration and gluten strength. So when people ask me, you know, do you make wheat bread? I kind of chuckle. And this is something that, that happens in our community of bread bakers. It's which wheat are we talking about? For example, I have spelt and Oland wheat. I have hard red winter. I have soft winter wheat. I have a wheat that's grown in Coventry. It's called Redeemer wheat, which is one of our hard wheats. For this area, the names are so many. Einkorn. Einkorn is big. Einkorn is considered the original wheat. Einkorn has been minimally processed. So I just started buying some wheat berries so that I can mill myself. But then I also like working with different corns. So I have Oaxacan green dent corn. I have bloody butcher red dent corn. I have Hopi blue dent corn. That's how I view baking. It's like, how can I express myself 
with a new ingredient. So anytime I go into like a store and I usually try to do co-ops or smaller stores only because that's where you can find really different ingredients from different parts of the world. I go in and I look at everything on the shelf and I'm like, what can I put in my bread? That's how I go shopping. So anytime that I come across a new ingredient, I'm made aware of, let's say, a corn that I never used before or a wheat that I haven't used before. Um, I get excited because for me, baking is an art form. It's how I express myself. And so any new ingredient is now like a new paint in my palette. I think I always fantasized about being a business owner. I worked for Social Security for 26 years, had a tremendous career. And then by 2015, I think it was when I started my first business, I, I think I was starting to get itchy. One of my life goals when I was younger and before I started college was that I was going to write a book, I think I, I said by age 27. Well, at that time I was married and, and had a child, so I think life just, just took a different turn and I didn't write the book at that time. The One of the titles to my book is How Bread Saved My Life, and the reason for that title so in 2013, I, I had a, a, a dark period, let's say, in my life. My son had gone to college. I had gotten a divorce in 2006. And when I look back at it now, I think those were precipitating factors that led me to... Um, kind of rely on I became addicted to alcohol I felt lost so it's not something that I ever thought would happen and you know that's in the news a lot there's no face there's no one face to addiction I think the demise of my marriage and then my son being my only child moving away kind of just left me without purpose, I think. I think that's what it was. I still love my career and everything, and I, and I did have purpose there, but I just felt like I, I don't know, I felt like I was just wandering, and it just happened so quickly. And all I can say is when you're in that, addiction progresses very quickly. Luckily for me, I did have people who loved me very much, who came to my rescue. I was able to get out of that. But at one point, it seemed like all that I had was baking. And so I really got into baking uh, yeast breads at first, and then went over to sourdough. And for me, I think it was rather cathartic to feel like I was creating life when I was handling bread dough, when it seemed like my life was slipping away. And it was, it was a very dark period. I knew a lot of despair. Who knows, maybe that was the touchstone to my career in, in bread baking and becoming an artisan baker. I don't look at my past with any regret, you know, and uh, I got through it. Now I enjoy baking bread. I had one customer who calls my fig and gingerbread the bread of life. So go figure, right? From despair and darkness to creating bread of life. I think that's pretty cool. 
what ended up happening is I went from baking at home to joining different communities on Facebook of artisan bakers around the world. And so suddenly I was on the scene with other people. I could log into Facebook at any time of the day or night and somebody would be posting something about their experience with bread. And I was a newbie for a long time and I was just gobbling up all this information about bread baking. And there's two parts, I think, to successful business ownership. One is you have to be able to do the administrative part of the business or else going to survive if you don't know how to handle the finances and the marketing and the PR and all that stuff, which I've always kind of had a knack for promotion. So I, I was comfortable there. But then now I have a product like artisan bread and how am I going to sustain that? How am I going to make myself known as an artisan baker when I took it from a hobby essentially and now I'm making a business out of it? Artisan baking is very competitive. People judge you on your product. So I have to be 100% behind my product. The most challenging part about the, being a business owner is getting business when you are a baker who does not have a storefront. Let me tell you, that's very confusing and I've had to do lots and lots of media and word of mouth that I don't have a brick and mortar, but I do have a product that I sell. So that's probably been the most challenging uh, is, is building my customer base. The most rewarding part of being a business owner in, in my particular craft and being an artisan baker is the look on, on my customers' faces when they try my product. I mean, that's that's why I do it, you know. I do it because, again, it's an expression of who I am, an extension of who I am. When a person takes a bite out of my cookie and they roll their eyes and almost fall to their knees, you know, then I think, all right, that's cool. So imagine that I just had an art showing and someone came upon a painting that really struck them or resonated with them or made them feel a certain way. That's how I want people to feel when they eat my product. So it's very important for me as a business owner, as a woman, as a human being to give back. So now I'm in a position where I have, you know, a wealth of knowledge of business operation. If someone has a question, I want the, the community at large to know that I am a resource that's available to someone with questions. There is always an opportunity to make money. My making money is what I do in my own business. My helping the community at large if I can help the next person, I see it as promoting someone else's craft. If that person is a small business owner and was like I was in the beginning where I had no idea what I was doing and couldn't possibly juggle another task, then I'll be happy to do that. Don't quit until the miracle happens. If you really believe in what you are producing, that's going to be the driving force of your business. You really have to believe in what you're doing to be a successful business owner. I think everything else kind of just falls into place. But people have to feel your passion to want to be a part of your business. 
And that's what I offer my clients, passion. Many thanks to Jenna Kuna for sharing the story of how bread made such a difference in her life, and to Denise Whitford with the Connecticut Small Business Development Center for making the introduction. At the time this program was recorded, Jen was awaiting approval of her state license application to expand her operation in a central Connecticut facility under a new trade name. Look for her products under the brand name Hot Bread. That's spelled H-A-U-T-E. Thanks to Sir J. Cherry missing off for music. Our theme is by Orchestral Movement of 1932. Small Business as Usual is presented by the Community Economic Development Fund, a nonprofit organization which provides enterprises in Connecticut with term loans, lines of credit, and commercial mortgages when they can't get traditional bank financing. For the seventh year in a row, we're Connecticut's top SBA microlender. We make business term loans at very nominal interest rates as small as a few thousand dollars and larger business loans too from a pool of loan capital provided by many of the state's leading banks. There are geographic and or income qualification requirements for the borrowers. You can find out more about all of this at CEDF.com. And this episode of Small Business as Usual is available there. It's number 19-9. So, Jen, I've stopped trying to get bread dough to rise at home. What do you suppose I'm doing wrong? Don't quit until the miracle happens.